us. I know all things you do. Woo. And I have done what, everybody? Opened a door for you that no one can close. Turn to your neighbor and tell them no one can close it. That's good news. And then he says, you have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Isn't that good? All right. Now look at the purpose of the thief. The devil is a thief, the adversary, Satan. It says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Now here you have two purposes diametrically opposed, the thief's and the Lord's. The Lord's purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Now there's two different purposes. You can be targeted by the devil for theft and destruction or targeted by God for blessing and richness of life. Father, thank you for your blessing today. Open our hearts to your word. Can you breathe a prayer with me and say, open the door of my heart. I receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, we've got a beautiful door up there. I'm going to be talking to you about doors today. And that's a great door, Jeff. Good job. I want that door at my house. Doors are so important. I want you to notice something about Jesus. Jesus identifies himself as somebody who opens doors. Jesus is a door opener. He says, I open, and when I open it, no human being is going to shut it. And he also identifies himself as one who shuts doors, and nobody can open it. Have you ever tried to kick a door open that God has shut? You can't do it. And how many of you are thankful looking back on your life that he did shut some of the doors you wished would open. Aren't you glad for that? Now, I want to clarify the obvious. Let's just clarify what is so obvious to all of us. A door is simply an entrance leading to another place. A door is an entrance, and it leads to another place. It's a way to go in or out of a place that you could not otherwise get into or out of. We've got to have doors. Doors are openings to other worlds. A door makes it possible to step into new surroundings, new sights, sounds, smells, experiences. Doors. I'll never forget a number of years ago, I went to India and we went to Singapore first and we took off in Singapore Airlines and flew all the way to Madras, India. And I'll never forget, I'd never been there before. I wasn't prepared for what I saw. Because here we are in Singapore Airlines, one of the most beautiful airlines in the world. And I mean, everything at that time was 20th century, modern and beautiful. But when that flight attendant opened the door to let us out, that door opened the way to the first century. We went from the 20th century to the equivalent of the first century. I mean, they were walking around with turbans and, and these, these, it looked like they were wearing sheets, these robes and, and, uh, begging food and none of the modern conveniences. I couldn't even find any ice and that was real serious. But a door opened up 
and let me into another world. And that's what doors do. A door can open up and let you into another world. That's the power of a door. Jesus said, I open and no man shuts. I open doors for you. And he said, I shut doors and no man opens them. I'm the Lord of the doors of your life. Jesus is the Lord of the doors of your life. If you look in the Bible, you'll discover that there's many mentions of different kinds of doors. Let me just name a few of them. There's the door of opportunity. Paul wrote that uh, he, these words, he said, quote, a huge door of opportunity for good work has opened up here in Ephesus. And there is also mushrooming opposition. He said, I've had a door of opportunity open up. Thank God for doors of opportunity. And I want you folks to know as our church family, I'm praying for doors of opportunity. We're going to have 3000 people worshiping in this house. I, I, I am believing God for that. And, and, and not just for numbers sake, but we're going to reach so many more than 3000 people. I'm praying for key pivotal strategic doors to be opened by God. Our Lord opens doors. There are some things you're never going to walk through unless the Lord opens the door. But if the Lord opens the door, the door of opportunity, you grab it and you walk through it and you see things and you experience things and you accomplish things you would have never known if the Lord of doors had not opened it for you. I'm believing God for great doors of opportunity. Jesus talked about the doorway to a person's heart. He said, look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will fellowship with you and you with me. Every heart in this room has a door and the Lord knocks on that door. There is a door to your heart. There's a door to your will. There's a door to your life. And there's a door that opens up for the word to be shared. That's a door that God opens up. And we need to be watching for those doors. The Bible says, Paul wrote again, and at the same time, pray for us that God may open a door to us for the gospel to be shared, that we might proclaim the mystery concerning Christ. Have you ever been sitting there in a group of people in a situation where there were others around you and all of a sudden the door opened for you to say something about Jesus? Has it ever occurred to you that God opened that door? He opens a door of utterance. He opens the opportunity for you to utter the gospel into the ears of others. Thank God for the door of utterance, the, the door that God opens up to share. And scripture talks about the door of faith. There is a door of faith. It says in Acts 14, 27, they gathered the church together and declared that God had opened to the Gentiles a door of faith. Faith is a door. And when you walk through that door, it opens you up to a whole new world. Thank God for doors. And let's not forget the door of escape that God opens for the tempted person to run through. Are you being tempted today? Can I tell you, you need to be looking for a door of escape. God said, I'm going to open a door for you to run out, to flee the temptation that is facing you. No temptation has overtaken you except that is common to humanity. See, one of the devil's biggest lies to you and me is that what we're experiencing, and anybody's gone through what I have. I'm unique. 
I am particularly weak. No, you're not. What you're experiencing, millions have experienced it before you and millions will after you. It's common to humanity. But here's the guarantee. God said, when you're being tempted, look around you because I'm going to open a door, a door of escape, and I'm going to whistle and say, over here. And when you see that door, don't walk, run. Run through that door and God will preserve you. He will open a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now look at this. God opens the door of salvation. He opens the door of faith. He opens the door of opportunity. He opens the door of escape from temptation and the door of testimony that you might share the word of God. God is a, is a God who opens doors. He's a God of doorways. He's a God of doors. The one door that he does not open is the door to our heart. He knocks on that door and we've got to open that door. Is he knocking on the door of your heart, sir? Has he been knocking on the door of your heart, ma'am? Is he knocking on the door of your life? Listen to that knock and pay attention to that knock because the Lord knocks before you're destroyed. He knocks on the door of your heart before you take some real wrong turns. He knocks on the door of your heart to save you from destruction, catastrophe, regret. He's knocking on the door of your life and he can't make that door open up because he's given you and me a will. And that will has got to say, I will, I will open the door. I will let him in. I will let him have his way in my life. I will not turn him away any longer. I was made aware this week of that old painting we've always seen of Jesus standing at a door and his hand is up and he's knocking on that door. And it was brought to my attention this week that if you look at that painting, there's no doorknob or latch on that door. The only way to open that door is on the other side and you can't see it. It's just a bare door that he's knocking on. There's no latch, no knob, no nothing because the one on the other side is the only one who can open that door. If you let Jesus in, you will never regret it. If you give him your life, you will never regret it. He's knocking on the door of your life. He wants to bless you. Jesus said, yes, I am the door. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. They will come and go freely. They will be free and find good pastures, a good life. And then he said something very important. I want to be clear today, and I'm always going to be clear on this. As long as I stand behind this pulpit, and as long as I pastor this church, I want you to know, Jesus said, all who ever came before me, claiming to be the door to salvation, are thieves and robbers. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. So there is only one true door. It is not like the game show, door number one, door number two, door number three. It's not like that game show. Jesus wanted it to be crystal clear, and I really don't care what a politically correct culture says about it. I could care less. God doesn't change his offer. He doesn't change his truth. He doesn't bow to any culture. 
And Jesus said, if you enter by me, you will be saved. I am the door. If you enter by me, you will be set free. If you enter by me, you will come and go freely. If you enter by me, you will find good pasture. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father but through me. It doesn't say, for God so loved the world, he gave us many options. It says, God so loved the world, he gave his only, solo, one, uno, son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but would experience everlasting life. And I've got to tell you today, we need to be telling this area that, this city that, this country that, and this world that. The problem with our nation is we have lost our anchor. We have lost our moorings. We have lost our foundation. This country was dedicated to God and to Jesus Christ by the original pilgrims who landed on this land. It was dedicated to Christ. They dedicated it to Almighty God and to His Son, Jesus Christ. And you can try to revise that all you want to, but I know that's what happened. That's what the history books tell us. It was dedicated to Him. We've lost our anchor. America's problem is not drugs. It is not alcohol. It is not pornography. It is we have lost our anchor to Jesus Christ. We need to get our identity back. We need to tell the whole world, this is a Christian nation, a Christian people. Now, the Bible also talks about doorkeepers, not just doors, but doorkeepers. Now, what's a doorkeeper? Well, we all know what one is. A doorkeeper is simply a person that guards over the entrance to a building or to a room. A doorkeeper guards over the entrance. He stands there. He'll either let you in or hold you out. They either allow you to go through the door or they keep you from entering. That's what a doorkeeper does. Now, Jesus, as we've already read, is not only the door of salvation. When you walk through him, you walk into the land of the kingdom of God. He's a door, but he's also a doorkeeper who opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man opens. If he's standing at the door and he does stand over the doors of your life, you can knock on it. Go ahead. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be open to you. But it's got to be open to you. There are some things that Jesus alone can open to you. But what beautiful doors Jesus opens. Doors of glory. Doors of power. Doors of opportunity. Doors of destiny. Jesus is a door opener. I'm telling you, I'm going to the door opener. I'm saying, Lord, open doors for us. I want to make a noise for Jesus before I go home. Open some doors for us. But I want to just bring to your mind today that Satan, our adversary, is also a doorkeeper. Satan also uses doors. Throughout your life, he holds before you many different doors to entice you to walking through the wrong door. He understands the principle of doors. He, 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 he is a foolish devil, but he is not a stupid devil. 
He used to be an archangel. He's a fallen prince angel. Brilliant. Far beyond you and I. But fallen and defeated by the blood. But he understands the principle of doors. He is one who entices you to walk through a door that he knows will bring destruction. Jesus warned his motive is always the same. The thief's purpose when he opens a door, when he holds in front of you a door, his purpose behind the door is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life. But the thief, the enemy, the adversary, Satan, the devil, split hoof, His purpose, when he puts a door before you, is to steal from you, kill you, destroy you, leave you in regret. There are two kinds of doors presented to every person on earth throughout life. You're going to have doors presented to you this week, and so am I. You'll have God putting his door before you. Seek me and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Ask and it shall be given. I am a door. If you seek me, I will open doors for you. I will bless your life. Your life will be a series of opportunities that I open up for you in the way of doors. And when you walk through them, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be empowered. You're going to be fulfilled. You're going to experience a rich and a satisfying life guaranteed. But the second type of door that will be presented to you is presented by Satan and it leads to death, destruction, enslavement, and loss. It's not hard to tell the difference between the two. You'll know the doors by their fruit. I'm talking today about doors, everybody. The door that leads to life and the doors that lead to death. Well, I'm saved. I don't have to worry about the death doors. Oh, wake up. You're more a target than you were when you were lost and headed straight for hell. You have got a big bullseye painted on your chest. He doesn't want you to glorify God. He doesn't want you to bring glory to Jesus. He doesn't want you fulfilling your destiny. But I'm here to tell you today, he's defeated. And the blood destroyed him. But that doesn't mean he doesn't hold doors in front of us. Now, let me share with you some things about doors that you need to know. The first one is the quality of your life is going to be decided by the doors you choose to walk through. The quality of your life is going to be decided by the doors you choose to walk through. If you walk through the doors that Jesus opens up for you, it's a guarantee, full, rich, satisfying life. Not overnight. You've got to walk with him for a while. You've got to learn the ways of God. You've got to saturate your mind with the word. You're going to have to do some warfare. You're going to have to be obedient to him for a season, but you'll see that your life will begin to turn. Your life will begin to be blessed. And and more than anything else, you will have a deep, satisfying peace way down that you are walking with God and no longer at war with him. What a great blessing just the peace of God is. Knowing that you're doing right. The Bible says it'll get so good that no eye has seen No ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, that's good stuff. Think about where you are today and where you were five years ago. 
Here you are sitting in church. Here you are lifting up your hands and worshiping God. Here you are enjoying the good word of God. Here you are involved in fellowship with the saints. Who'd have ever thunk it? Look at you. And aren't some of the people who knew you shocked? That's because when you come to Jesus, it doesn't matter how bad you were, how far you fell, how black your past was. He can take anybody, stand them on their feet, dust them off, breathe in them the spirit of life. It doesn't matter where you've been. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We serve a mighty Lord, a mighty God. Yes, the devil is a strong enemy, but my Lord Jesus, when he spilled his blood on that cross, the devil was defanged. He lost his power over death, hell, and the grave. And now we are more than conquerors through him who loved us, and God has forgiven us. If you choose the doors set before you by the tempter, you will experience destruction, loss, regret, and theft, and enslavement. Now, the second thing about doors is doors are often disguised. It is the devil's job to disguise his doors. Here's what he says to you. This will only be a one-time experience. You can go on as usual afterward. Others have been trapped by this, but you won't be. You know why you won't be? Because you're different. You're stronger. You have more sense. You're only going to satisfy your curiosity, and then you're going to move on unscathed. But he knows better. He knows that what he is offering before your eyes is a door. And that door is marked no exit. There are some doors you can walk through that if God doesn't get you out, you're not coming back out. I've seen it happen over and over again to my own heartbreak and to the the tears of my life. As a pastor, I've watched people walk through doors thinking, oh, no big deal. Oh, I'm stronger than that. I'm better than the people who have been brought down by it. But they end up enslaved. They end up filled with regret. They end up being changed from the people that they were. They had no idea that what they thought was going to be a one-time experience was actually a door. And that door was marked no exit. When you walk through the devil's door, Here's what you find. You find you're staying longer than you thought you would. And you're going further than you thought you should. I can't believe I've been here this long. I can't believe I'm doing the things that I'm doing. I can't believe this has happened to me. How has this happened to me? You walk through a door. Like I walked through that jet door into a whole new world. There are some decisions you can make that are doors. And you undo that doorknob. And you walk through that door into a whole new world. And if the Lord doesn't take you by the hand and lead you back, you won't come back. That's why we need to be discerning about the doors in our life. Let me ask you a question. Did that alcoholic sleeping on a cardboard box in filthy clothes with not a dime to his name in some downtown alleyway, did he ever envision such a fate when he took that first drink? What he thought was going to be a first drink was a door. Did that person sitting in some cheap crack house, robbing, lying, and doing whatever necessary to get the next fix, ever envision such a life when they smoked that first hit of crack cocaine or meth? 
You don't wake up and say, well, today I'm going to destroy my life. No, the devil's too smart for that. He holds in front of you a door and he disguises it. And he says, it's only a decision. It's only a one-time experience. You're only going to dabble. You're not going to go all the way. But you don't know that when you dabble, the door opens. And when you keep dabbling, you walk through the door. And the door slams shut behind you. And on the other side, it says, no return. Gotcha. Gotcha where I want you. I'm going to kill, steal, destroy. I'm talking to somebody today about doors. What I'm saying today is that some decisions become doorways that open you up to worlds you did not anticipate. But I got good news for you. I've already talked to you about that door of escape. If you're trapped in something, you walk through a door and now you're trapped in the natural, there's no escape. But in God, there's a door. And he's standing at the door. He's the doorkeeper. And he's whistling your way. And he's saying, come on, I'm holding out a door of escape for you. Run through it. Grab hold of the hand of Jesus. If you can't get the hand, grab hold of the hem of his garment. That'll be good enough. And go through the door. Choose your doors carefully. And remember, if you're a child of God, Jesus is the Lord over the doors of your life. Now, I want to take just a few minutes at the end of this message, and I want to talk to you about how do you know when God has opened a door? How do you know when the door you're looking at is from God? Because we're all going to be presented with doors. You may get a door presented to you before you get home today. Now, watch this. How do you know if it's from God? How can you tell if it's from the enemy or if it's from God? I want to tell you the characteristics of a door that God has set before you. Here's the first characteristic. They always line up with Scripture. Now, hear me on this one. I know this is not a huge revelation, but you know what? When you're in the heat of temptation or when a door is facing you that is very, very appealing, you tend to forget your theology. And God wants us to remember something now. When he opens up a door, when he puts a door in front of us and the door is saying, it's from me, God, you can walk through it. How do you know it's from God? That door will always line up with scripture. The door, the door of opportunity, whatever that door is, whatever you're being beckoned to walk through, it will always line up with scripture. All scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us what is true. And to make us realize what is wrong. It connects us or rather corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You say, but Pastor Jeff, it feels so right. It seems so right. Let me tell you, your soul will lie to you. The closest thing to the spirit of God within you talking to you is the voice of your own soul. It can, it can disguise itself as the voice of God. Well, God's making an, an exception for you. Or here's one, God understands. God has seen your pain. God has seen your hurt. And so God has made an exception with you. And he has set you aside as special. And he's blessed you with this door. No one else can do it. And yes, I, I know what the Bible says about it, but don't worry about what the Bible says about it. Isn't that what the devil said to Eve? Has God said, 
Well, I don't think that God really did say that, Eve. Are you sure God really said that? The devil said, he don't worry about what the Bible says. You know what you feel. And see, our culture has put a premium on feelings. If I feel it, it's got to be right. Oh, I tell you what, you can feel it and it be oh so wrong. Come on, everybody. Oh, so wrong. Oh, well, Pastor Jeffrey just seems right, feels right. It looks so right. It says Eve looked at that fruit. It said it looked good. And it was sweet to the taste. But when she ate of it and Adam ate of it, ate of it, the whole human race was plunged into the darkness of sin. What looked good and tasted good and seemed right and made logical sense was wrong. So if that door facing you goes against the word of God, slam that thing shut and walk away. The second characteristic of a door that God opens is it'll always be accompanied with deep peace. I'm talking about profound, unfettered, untroubled peace. The Bible says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. When you're facing a door, And you say, I don't know about this door. So I'm going to bring this door to God and say, God, if this door is not of you, let me know. And and, and there are times in your head, everything will look right. But in your spirit, something just doesn't click. Something just doesn't settle. You just can't settle with it. It keeps you awake at night. It talks to you when you're driving down the highway. You want it to feel right, but there's something, there's deep down inside of you, a little flag. Boop, 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 boop. Warning, warning, warning. The Bible says that God's peace will act like an umpire. Here's the umpire behind your decision. You're looking at the door. The umpire is behind you. If it's a good throw, he'll say peace. But if it's a curveball and it misses the plate altogether and it has nothing to do with God's will for your life, he'll say no peace. Warning, like the robot in the lost in space. Warning, warning, warning. (laughs) You remember that robot? Warning. And he said that peace will guard your heart. You know what God's telling us there? God will never lead you through a door that takes your peace away. Now, here's the third characteristic. Any door that God's put in front of you will bear scrutiny. It will not resent scrutiny. The wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, James wrote. Then peace-loving, considerate, submissive. See, if God's sending you a door, a door, maybe it's to a job or a relationship or a friendship, something that is decisive in nature, and you're wondering if God has sent the door, he doesn't mind you saying, Lord, confirm to me this is your door. He doesn't mind that. But the devil does. The devil say, don't, don't, don't worry about confirmation. You know what's right. You feel it. You got it. You go, guy. The devil, the devil pushes. 
God beckons. The door God places before us does not mind scrutiny. He doesn't mind if you seek confirmation and assurance that the door you're looking for or looking at is from him. He doesn't mind you asking, God, show me if this is of you. He doesn't mind scrutiny. And the first and most important door of all, the king of all doors is the door of salvation. I want you to hear me carefully on this one. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door of your life and I knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him, fellowship with him, and he with me. The most important door in your life is the door of salvation. Once that door is open, once you go through it, you've walked into a whole new world, a world of blessing, a world of comfort, a world of peace, a world of destiny, a world of discovery, a world of excitement, a world of favor, a world of, a world of power. God, when you walk through that door of salvation, you can't imagine today what waits on the other side of that door. But you've got to open it. You've got to let him in. And that door will decide how the rest of your life goes. That door. Can you stand with me today? That one door, that one door, and I'm going to ask there to be as little movement as possible until we dismiss in just a moment. It's very important that people are able to concentrate on what I'm saying right now. That door, the door of salvation makes all the difference in the world. It's the one door we're all going to have to answer for. What did I do with that door? What did I do with Jesus? Did I open that door when he was knocking? There's no latch for him to open it. Have you opened that door? Have you walked through that door? I'm going to ask us to bow for a moment of prayer, could we? If you can say, Pastor Jeff, I know the Lord's been knocking on the door of my life. I knew it before I walked in this building today. I used to walk with him, but I've gotten away. And I'd like to come back. I sense him knocking on the door of my life. And I know I need to reopen that door. He's been shut out. Or you've never in your life opened that door. Sir, ma'am, I don't care if you've been in church. Church doesn't do a thing to save you. Have you ever turned the latch and opened that door and let the one who was knocking on it walk through into your soul, into your life? He wants to today. If you can say, Pastor Jeff, I used to walk with him, but I've gotten away. And everything you're saying is just a confirmation of what I already knew. And I need to come back to him. 
or I never have, and I want to open that door, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up right where you are. Put it up high. Bless you. Bless you. I see you. I see you. I'm going to ask that those of you whose hands are raised, I want you to do something. I want you to slip out from where you are. If you're with somebody, just turn to him and say, I don't want to go alone. Go down there with me or just start walking. Tell your feet to begin to walk because we're going to pray down in this altar. And I don't want you to be ashamed of the Lord. I did this many, many years ago in a juvenile home in front of a bunch of kids making fun of me, but I did it anyway. If you raise your hand, I want you to slip out and come right now. If you need to unlock that door and let the one who is knocking on it in, come now. As we just begin to sing, come now. Just slip out and come from all over this place. Come on. Slip out and come. You.